I absolutely love the idea of being a bread agony on. <laughs> I think I'd be up for that. You know, maybe I can be kind of kept on a retainer, like um, like a high class lawyer, and you can just call me up. Maybe I'll have one of those pages, like um, like an ER, and you know, if you've got a problem, you can just page me, and I'll <laughs> I'll be there any any time of day. This is Lekka. I'm Lucy Dearlove. On the 23rd of March 2020, three weeks before this episode came out, the UK government announced a national lockdown to try and flatten the curve on the spread of COVID-19. This had already happened in many countries around the world as the coronavirus spread rapidly from nation to nation. One of the most immediate public responses to this was an interesting revelation of what is at the forefront of our minds at a time like this. People swarmed supermarkets like locusts, stripping away full shelves of long-life goods. Toilet paper, pasta, tinned tomatoes, yeast, hand sanitizer. While I disagree with stockpiling goods at the expense of other people in need, I understand the deep primal instinct to protect your family in threatening times. And when the country started shutting down, food was the first thing I thought of too. I emptied my cupboards and made a full list of what we had. I took complicated shopping lists to independent shops to avoid the crush at Sainsbury's. I ordered a load of flour from a miller to try and bypass the growing shortages. I messaged a woman on a local Facebook group offering spare sourdough starter and picked it up from outside her house. The rest, as they say, well... I'm currently editing this episode using the bulk fermentation process as a Pomodoro timer. I absolutely love the idea. I absolutely love the Every 30 minutes for around three hours, a timer goes off. And I take my headphones off, get up from my desk, walk into my kitchen, lift the cloth from the bowl of dough and start to turn and fold. I plunge my hand in and stretch its raw elastic a foot or so, and then fold it back in on itself. Like a compass, north stretch and fold in on itself, east stretch and fold in on itself, south stretch and fold in on itself, west stretch and fold in on itself. Rebecca Spaven is a professional baker who makes sourdough for a living. I've been bothering her quite a bit with incessant dough questions since I started baking while confined to my flat. And I was really interested in what she makes of this sourdough boom and flour drought. So I interviewed her via the medium of voice notes. Hello, how are you doing, pal? Yeah, I'm sending this on Monday evening, having planned to do it in the morning because I feel like the days are just uh, slipping through my fingers at the moment, which is weird because it feels like I have less to do in some ways but the days are going much faster which I guess is a good thing but it still feels quite quite a strange experience all around and time behaving like that makes it even weirder. I'd just love for you maybe first of all to give us a little kind of overview of what your life looks like under lockdown like who are you with where are you where would you be if it wasn't uh, for this situation happening one of the reasons that I especially wanted to talk to you is that I think it's really funny how much everyone has got into baking myself included I just wondered what your thoughts have been on this like it must be funny 
seeing everyone all over social media talking about bread and banana bread, which I haven't made yet, actually, but I did get some bananas in my veg box last week. So I reckon that's I reckon that might be incoming. Hi, Lucy. Uh, Thank you for your message. I am very happy to be chatting to you about this because, uh, well, I've got a lot to say. So my isolation location is Brighton. I'm at my parents' house. I haven't lived here since I was 18. So um, it's been an interesting little transition for me. I'm with my boyfriend, Michael. He's staying here too, which is really nice. And he's coping really well with the um, eccentricities of my parents. Um, Not that they have many. Hi, mom. Hi, dad. Thanks very much for having me. (laughs) But it's a bit of a climb down from where we were supposed to be because in January, I uh, left London, left my flat, left my job for... um, what was supposed to be a sort of six-month jaunt around Europe. The idea was to work in different bakeries, getting a bit of work experience, and then um, come back to London, a newly uh, expanded brain and uh, full of new skills. So we spent all of February in Vienna, which was beautiful. I was working at an amazing bakery called Josef Brod, and then we kind of slowly made our way up to Berlin via Prague and Leipzig, and then Berlin was where we had to cut our journey short, unfortunately. So right now, I should have been in Copenhagen. I had a stage lined up at Hart Bakery, which would have been incredible, and then we were going to go to Oslo. But, yeah... I have also been thinking near constantly about food because I have an awful lot of time on my hands now. I'm I'm completely and utterly unemployed, which is not a particularly comfortable state for me. I, I got into baking because I love to be knackered and I like tiring myself out to the point where I don't have to think about anything. I like having my days prescribed to me by the whims of dough and I'm trying my best to recreate that here. I I ordered about 30 kilos of flour off uh, the internet from Shipton Mill, which due to, for some reason, flour being in absolutely unprecedented demand, took three weeks to get to me, which um, I'm very grateful for all the, all the work they're doing. It's obviously, uh, it's obviously a lot of work for the millers out there. And it's beautiful flour and it's arrived now. And I made my first loaf with it today. Apart from making it near impossible to buy flour, I'm actually so thrilled that everyone's getting into making bread. I think it's really funny. My main thoughts about this bread explosion is that I feel quite sorry for everyone because making sourdough at home is super difficult and there are going to be so many failed experiments and so many people are going to throw their bannetons out the window and like bin their starters in frustration because they uh, they feel like they don't have it, they don't have the skill, they don't have the knack. But I've been baking bread for two years professionally and I've started making bread at home for the first time since, well, like th- four years ago. And I've made some absolute howlers, horrible loaves of bread. It's very generous of you to talk about your howlers and I'd love for you to tell me, how are they howlers? What makes a bad loaf? Like, what are the many things that can go wrong and how do they turn out in the bake? So my howlers have mainly been down to underproving, which is the 
kind of a most common issue with people starting out home baking. It can seem like it takes hours and hours for a, a, a batch of sourdough to really um, achieve its true potential. And it can be quite alarming, I think, to leave something for five hours, you know, as it's getting gradually more and more kind of slack and soupy and bubbly and you think oh Jesus Christ like this is I've destroyed this already I'm just gonna I'm just gonna shove it in a banneton and we'll be we'll be fine you know if you've got a really active starter if you've put enough strength in the dough then it can quite happily live on your kitchen counter or in your own cupboard for like up to five hours before you shape it and put it in the fridge and you really want the texture to be like alive under the surface you want it to be kind of jiggly like jelly and if it's feeling at all like heavy and dense and dead then it's absolutely not ready the longer you leave it up to a point obviously the better it's going to be so that is my advice to most new bakers is just leave it for longer than you think you would it's better in general to have a loaf that's overproved than underproved and if you push it way too far and it's just a nightmare, then just bung it in a big tin and bake it and it'll be fine. To make a slightly more serious point about this whole home baking thing, if we're going to really look into it, maybe maybe it's just a, a way to pass the time because it takes 24 hours to make a loaf of bread and people have got that. But I think that it has a lot to do with food sovereignty and we're all feeling a little bit anxious about the supply chain being disrupted and you know for the first time in most of our lives we are faced with the prospect of potential food shortages things seem to be a lot better now but when this first started you know the bread aisles were empty and um it seems natural to me that people would want to take that into their own hands that's the reason why anyone makes bread you know it's 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 relaxing and it's creative but it's a way of looking after yourself and your family and that's the beauty of it most shoppers in this country have kind of been completely divorced from the notion of grain as a like an essential staple crop. We don't really spend very much time thinking about flour. I guess I like to think that this flour hoarding has tapped into a kind of pre-industrial urge to fill the grain cellars, you know. <laughs> uh, bear with me. <laughs> I guess flour has infinite uses and it also kind of expands to create things that are much larger than itself and very sustaining. And I think there must be some kind of subconscious impulse that's going on when people suddenly become desperate to buy flour in the middle of a pandemic, you know. And I don't think that I don't think that there's all that much kind of planning going on there. I just wanted to ask you before I stop bugging you with endless voice notes. I wanted to ask you what you're looking forward to. Like, you know, I really love cooking. I think I'm a pretty good cook, but there's so many things I just can't make or can't make at home in a way that's, you know, good enough <laughs> to fulfil the craving. I've been really craving Korean food in particular, and I'm really excited about um, going to Tobang or somewhere after this and putting my face into a giant hot pot uh, and or kimchi pancake. I've also been really craving soft serve so I'm going to be hunting down some sort of artisan Mr Whippy when this is done and I definitely can't make that at home so that's going to be a big treat but I wondered what you're really looking forward to eating once you can leave your house again. 
I can't wait to go out to restaurants again. Uh, it's the thought of it is really getting me through this time. My kind of fantasy scenario right now is going to what's probably my favourite restaurant in London, Forza Wynn in Peckham, and sitting at a really long table with loads of mates and eating loads and loads and loads of beautiful fresh pasta which is something I'm really craving I can't make egg pasta here because my mum is allergic to eggs to be honest I probably can do a good job of it anyway but yeah I want to sit at a long table drink loads of wine and you know that kind of kids birthday party vibe when everyone's just like getting up and running around and seeing at different seats and just like causing loads of mischief that's kind of what I want that'd be so fun I want to tell you about a loaf of bread that I'm um, planning to make tomorrow. I'm going to feed my starter tonight, get it nice and sour tasting, and um, I'm going to attempt to recreate a loaf of bread that I had in Prague at a wonderful bakery called Eska, where I spent a day working. They make this traditional Czech bread, which is 33% rye flour, the rest wheat, and it has potatoes in it which they roast and then take the skins off grind up the skins and then mash the potato and um, put it into the dough and loads of toasted caraway seed and then it's shaped into a round ball and baked in their huge wood-fired oven and then basted with a kind of salt water which gives it an amazing shiny crust and they are so delicious it's um kind of an approximation of a like new york deli style rye um but way better and i'm gonna try and make it tomorrow so wish me luck i will send you some photos of the results people have been asking me for advice and people have been very coy about it because i think you know understandably they don't want to harass the baker but honestly it gives me nothing but pleasure to help people out with this so um send your questions my way my third thought is don't talk to me about banana bread never talk to me about banana bread because i have a very severe phobia of bananas and if you come at me with that i won't like it rebecca spaven is a baker formerly of Bread by Bike and Brick House Bakery. You can see her amazing breads and other bakes, as well as make her your doughy agony aunt on her Instagram, at bunhead underscore. Her and a friend have recently started a Discord for people at any level of sourdough baking with lots of friendly advice, info and troubleshooting. If you'd like to join, get in touch with her for an invite. It turns out that my lockdown coping mechanism is making bread and podcasts. So I've got two more lockdown related episodes coming this week. And next week, there'll be a newsletter going out sharing food tips from all the guests featured. You can subscribe at tinyletter.com forward slash lecker. Separately, I'm also currently sharing notable kitchens from all around the world on the Lekker Instagram, whether they're architecturally significant or belong to someone really interesting or uh, I just love them. So uh, you can find them at Lekker Podcast and please send me your faves if I haven't featured them. I hope you're all taking care of yourselves in this weird time and I will see you on the next episode. <laughs> <laughs>